0: Welcome to the Extended Sidebar, the bonus episode where we discuss things we found while writing up our regular episodes that we thought were too complex, too lengthy, or just too bizarre to include on our regular schedule. (laughs) I'm Ella. I'm here with my brother Greg. Hello. And today I'm going to tell you about something I came across when I was researching our episode on the Roanoke Colony. Okay. I want to tell you, Greg, about the Dare Stones. Have you ever heard of those?
1: I have not. Enlighten me.
0: Okay, <laughs> it's a con,
1: <laughs> oh good, excellent. I love a good uh crappy colonial era con uh,
0: no, it's not
1: well, it's about it's, the colonial era, right?
0: uh, do you remember do you remember the the little story that we read at the beginning about the stone that Lewis Hammond found while he was, yeah, yeah driving yeah. across the country and he stopped and he found a stone and he took it to Emory University, and it sparked this whole like um resurgence of interest in the Roanoke colonists right. and it's one of the reasons why the colonists are so well known today compared to all the other lost colonies
1: okay
0: uh so this stone is widely believed to be a fake and we <laughs> did not say that <laughs> on the episode which i regret that's because, all right uh very few people think it's real okay it's kind of like a shaggy dog Okay. Thing. Okay. There's a slight chance that it might be real. There is a like ninety-nine percent chance that, that Louis it's... Hammond was just like, let us prank Emory University. Sweet. Uh so the thing is though, it really excited a lot of the professors <laughs>
1: okay. there. Okay.
0: Um, this one guy named Haywood Pierce Junior. Okay. Haywood Sr. was also an accomplished academic.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> they got really into this stone. Okay. And there's something about finding, like, a treasure map.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It uh, really excites people. I get that. Uh, so part of the inscription on the stone says, and I quote, Buried all four miles east of this river upon a small hill. Names were written there all on a rock. Put this there also. Okay. Okay, so it's 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 giving directions, right? Is what right, it's doing. Right. So Haywood Pierce Jr. and a group of <laughs> extremely smart Emory professors—they really are. They're the best in the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they are. They kind of go for a road trip. Okay. And they go out to find where Louis Hammond found the stone, and they try to identify a small hill four miles east of the river. <laughs>
1: No, they okay. cannot find one. Right. Right. They
0: cannot find one. Uh so what do you do when you can't find something, Greg?
1: You look harder or you try to find some form of like historical record that might reference it, right?
0: Sure. Those are good things to do. Okay. Uh what do you do if you just don't have time for that though?
1: <laughs> uh you make it up and you say, "Yeah, we totally went there."
0: No. <laughs> Cuz you're still interested in the truth here, at Greg.
1: Okay, okay. Um uh you got me what did they do
0: you put an ad in the paper
1: you put an ad in the paper oh man i didn't even think of that
0: yeah and this is the mid 1930s so the height of the great depression you offer a 500 hundred dollar reward for the person who can find another stone
1: let me guess uh tons of people miraculously found stones real quick
0: So I'm sure that some people who are not dedicated scammers yeah. uh, made some <laughs> stones that did not pass the muster. But in 1939, a man named Bill Eberhard okay. goes to Haywood Pierce, who's teaching at Brenau University in Georgia. Uh, he brings a stone. He brings his lucky stone. Okay. A lucky stone he found on a hill about four miles away from where Louis Hammond found that stone.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he would love to give it to Emory University. Right. Sorry, Brunau University. Okay. Where Pierce is now teaching. Right. Uh, but it's been a long trip. He's out of gas. He really needs that money.
1: He needs a small consideration for his yeah. time in trouble. Yeah, of course. Of course.
0: It's just the way things work.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's his lucky stone. He doesn't want to give it up.
1: Absolutely.
0: He gets the five hundred
1: dollars. Oh no. Come on, man. <laughs>
0: And he yeah. says, "Do you know, on this hill, there are like seventeen others."
1: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I took my lucky stone, but there are more. Uh,
1: I, I tell you what, I could even maybe pick them up for you and bring them to you.
0: Not even like no. they're out in the wild. You can go get them yourself, oh,
1: which is more fun, okay, right? Okay, okay, okay.
0: So, Bill Eberhard is from Fulton County, Georgia. It's a pretty rural county.
1: Yep.
0: Eberhard is kind of a, he doesn't okay. really have a job. What he does is sell fake Native American artifacts. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, he does have a skill in addition to that, though. He is a stone cutter.
1: Oh. But these are legit, right?
0: Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So the Pierces kind <laughs> of figure so this out about sad. him. <laughs> no, no, no. It gets better. It gets better. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So the Pierces figure out that he might be conning them. Uh huh. And they decide to give him a test. Okay. Okay. So they've got the $500 in cash. Okay. And they say, Bill, listen to this. We've got this $500 here, cash in hand. Or. We could do 100 bucks in cash plus half of whatever we find on this magical hill that you're going to show us, too.
1: Okay. Okay. Sure. So
0: they're thinking that... So Bill Arberhard does not have much of an education. Okay. They do not believe that he is intelligent enough to figure out this scam. Whoops. <laughs> they think that he's going to grab the cash and run if it's fake, right? Okay. Okay. But if... He genuinely has this find. They think he's going to take the fifty percent, right? Well, he takes the fifty percent, and that sure. really throws him for a loop.
1: Well, he's playing. He's he's playing the long con on that one.
0: He's absolutely playing the long con. So there,
1: there's this misconception that uh, between intelligence and wisdom, you see, like uh, like D and D scores. Intelligence is book learning. Wisdom mm-hmm. is like the kind of innate learning that you you figure out on your own as you go through life. And it's, I feel like the... Uh,
0: they're both valid.
1: They're both... No, they're both incredibly valid. But I feel like the um, the professors <laughs> are about to get taken for a ride by somebody with uh, higher wisdom than their intelligence.
0: The The is... reason why I find this con so satisfying <laughs> is that I have gone to a lot of college. Yeah. I've done, I think, 10 years of college. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is really speaks to more to my laziness and procrastination. Sure, than sure, any, naturally. Like, deep love of what I studied, although I did enjoy it. Okay. But when you're in college and graduate school for a long time, mm-hmm. you slowly start to realize, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sometimes people are not as smart as, as
1: they think they are.
0: <laughs> they think they are, or they appear. Oh or yeah. They write like. Yep. You know. They, yep. There's just this. Yep. There can be a disconnect.
1: Oh sure.
0: So they go to this hill. Uh-huh. They dig up a thirteen stones. Okay. Okay. And these stones have all kinds of clues on them. They are Ooh. carved on the front, on the back, on the sides. They okay. are like juicy gossip. Sure. They have the names of the settlers who came to Roanoke. Uh, with alternate spelling, Ooh. which which they kind of thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. But you know, people were creative spellers back in the day. Yeah. Um, and they tell a little story. They're like, "Oh, we went here. We went here. This person died. This person was killed. You know, this person was born. Mm-hmm. They added mm-hmm. some people along the way. Oh, okay. Um, there was a sickness. There was a famine. We were on the road. We were pursued. And then they kind of they kind of fell into a. I don't know a. Understanding. (laughs) Okay. Okay. With a with a group of Native Americans, and they became adopted into the tribe. There's a happy end. Sure. 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 Um, But there's a lot of turmoil and strife on these stones. Okay. These stones are supposed to be gravestones.
1: Oh, not like just hey, we felt like leaving a message, and this rock was the only you know useful writing surface we had.
0: Okay, so some of them are. So they're all kind of. They all have to do with Eleanor Dare, and they're all kind of messages to her father. Okay. The way that the original Louis Hammond stone was. You know, father, we came this way. So-and-so died. Please rescue us. Yep. It's that kind of a thing. Gotcha. So the group from Emory (laughs) begins to dig. Okay. It is red clay soil. Yeah.
1: It is not fun to dig in.
0: Dig and dig and dig and dig. Uh At some point, Bill Eberhard sells his fifty percent stake in the hill and makes a lot of money, yeah uh and then he kind of leaves
1: i mean it's, game's over, he won <laughs> <laughs>
0: They do not they do not find anything, yeah, but you know it's it's hard to find things in clay sure uh Haywood Pierce Jr. is a believer okay. he really believes that these stones are genuine. And you find him kind of writing about these stones in, in like, a, he does backflips, trying okay. to explain why they're all kind of carved in different hands, um, why the clues don't seem to lead anywhere, yeah. why they're a different distance from the Hammond stone. Yeah. <laughs> they're not quite four miles. They're more like 100 miles. You know, he kind of, he, he just says, you know, we don't know. These, these things get carried around. They're portable. I mean, yeah. they're big stones, but you can lift them up. Sure, 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 sure. So in 1939, a man in Atlanta finds a stone in his backyard. Okay. And brings it to uh, Emory. Okay, so this stone is interesting. It says that there are more clues to find, more clues for John White. Okay. Okay. In 1939, <laughs> Bill Eberhard reappears. Mm-hmm. Guess what he has? More stones? More stones, Yeah. He's like, I've been out in the country. I found some more, if you guys can believe that. I don't know how I got this lucky. Sure. So what he's doing is he's kind of like traveling further and further away and coming back with stones that kind of make a narrative of this trip that the colonists supposedly took.
1: See, he's not only a stone forger. He's also a, a, an amateur
0: novelist. It's There's a lot of creativity in
1: that. Yeah. Hey,
0: um, so on okay. these stones eleanor do Eleanor dare mm-hmm. gets married
1: oh, okay. Right. does she discover that uh she is a long lost ancestor of uh the gentleman making the stones?
0: <laughs> that would be perfect, but no,
1: no, that's too bad.
0: He ends up finding forty six of these stones, oh okay, which you gotta yeah. You know, one stone, you can kind of believe, 46 46
1: is like almost beyond unbelieving though because what kind of lunatic would make up that he found 46 of these things?
0: It's, yeah, it is. I uh, think I
1: love like just how brazen this is. Like it worked once, I'm gonna do it again. Wait a minute, it worked (laughs) again. I'm gonna keep doing it until they either catch on or run out of money. I dig it.
0: Okay, so the whole time Haywood Pierce believes sure. that this is a genuine find, that he has made the most important discovery of the 20th century. Oh, poor guy. It's it's See, hard no. to
1: stake a claim to scholarship like that, you know? Like the,
0: the... He has a lot of fun writing about it. Good. Um, he publishes a lot of really impressive articles. Okay. In 1940, he decides he's going to write an article for the popular press, right? Okay. He writes an article and he tries to get it published in the Sunday Post. Sorry, the Saturday Evening Post. Yeah,
1: very different papers.
0: The Saturday Evening Post is kind of a more serious magazine yeah. than we think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It as being, I kind of think of it as like the Norman Rockwell magazine with lots of fiction and.
1: Yeah, but it's it, they they actually check your sources. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: They are kind of thorough, or they were in this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the editors <laughs> the editors assign an investigative reporter to kind of fact check this article. Sure. And he cannot. <laughs> he starts with Louis Hammond. He cannot find Louis Hammond. He cannot find Louis Hammond's wife. Oh. He cannot find any record of him traveling through California or traveling through Georgia okay. from California. Bill Eberhard, yeah, turns out to be related to the, the two other guys who are bringing stones in.
1: Ah, to I see. Edward Pierce. Okay, okay.
0: And it's a it's a big coincidence. This investigative reporter thinks <laughs> that he is a stone cutter and makes a living faking artifacts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kind of strains credulity.
0: Yeah, and it's.
1: It's not a good look no matter what. <laughs> it's just
0: you can see how Pierce gets carried away. <laughs> yeah. Like he just really wants this He to wants be true. this to
1: Yeah, exactly. I get that. Some of the worst historical collar scholarship is because you get people who just really want this to be true.
0: Yeah. And uh, I will say that stone is really hard to you can't carbon date it, right? If you, you find can, a carved stone and it looks a certain way, you kind of think it's it's genuine. Yeah.
1: You can there are ways of dating. I found this out when I was um doing some research for another episode actually. But there are ways of dating um the actual cuts on the stone. They're not as accurate as something like radiocarbon dating or um, you know, within the certain time period, but it is you can tell if somebody like carved this last week or a year ago and buried it in their backyard or if it's mm-hmm. actually been sitting in the ground for 3 400 years.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever Bill Eberhard came up with, it was good enough to fool Hayward Pierce Jr. Sure. Um this article that he submitted to the Saturday Evening Post never runs. Instead, they run kind of the investigation that they came up with.
1: Okay. Okay. Which to
0: me is a much more fascinating story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, how do you
0: get taken in by someone with a third grade education who has lived in the woods his whole life?
1: Because they're very good at what they do and you think you're smarter than they are.
0: That's it. That's, that's the thing.
1: That's how you do it. That's how that you get taken the in by it. a successful
0: con. So although they could not find Louis Hammond, yeah, that stone is not connected to the other stones stylistically or in appearance. I don't think it's even the same kind of stone. It's a different just a completely different thing. Okay. Um, so if you go to Brunel University now, they have all I think it's forty nine stones. Okay. Um, they're obviously not
1: Are they shaped (laughs) in a giant asterisk?
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're kept as like a an example of a good con. Okay,
1: good. Good, good, good. But nobody can quite
0: decide if Louis Hammond's stone is Is real. Legitimate or or not. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I you know. Again, ninety nine percent of scholars will say it's, it's fake. It's a hundred percent. It's a humbug. Yeah. Okay. So there are there are there's the possibility that Louis Hammond knew the Pierces. Okay. And he made the stone he kind of colluded with them. I don't know if I believe that.
1: Yeah, that that seems a little bit of a stretch for me.
0: Pierce sounds like kind of the Pierce truth sounds lover. a little
1: too like genuinely excited about it.
0: Mm hmm. Okay. Um Okay. So, yeah, there are 47, not 49, and they are still at Brunau University. So you can investigate the stones if you are an academic who's interested in cons or (laughs) um, Elizabethan carving, either way. (laughs) Okay. You're allowed to investigate them. They're not on public display, and you can't photograph them. Ooh, Ooh, conspiracy.
1: Ooh, I like that.
0: So, uh, yeah, cool. That is the story of the Dare Stones. I came across this when I was when I was like it really has nothing to do with the Col. Right: Right, right. There are no bodies. but there it's are no just artifacts. a wild
1: story that happens to be in the same sphere. I really yeah. I dig it. That's very so cool: So it did not belong
0: in our episode, but um, I thought it was worth talking about because it's just so weird.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right. All righty. This has been our first bonus episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you are listening to this as a patron, thank you very much for your support. And we will see you next month with an even stranger and well, more pointless story. Let's <laughs> not set the side let's
1: not set the sidebar too high. Right.
0: <laughs> Keep the sidebar low. It'll
1: be it'll be another weird story that we got distracted with and hopefully you'll enjoy it as well.